You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm at Capitola Book Cafe speaking with Ruthann Lum McCunn and Fawn Wu. Ruthann Lum McCunn is the author of A Thousand Pieces of Gold and The Moon Pearl. Her new novel is God of Luck. Fawn Wu's first novel is February Flowers. Thank you for joining me, Ruth. My pleasure. Fawn? Thank you. I, I'd like to talk to you, Fawn, first. You have a really interesting background. You were born on a state-run farm in China. Is that correct? Tell me about it. Uh, that, that's, I was born in 1973, and my parents actually they were exiled, exiled on the farm, and my four older brothers and I were born on the farm, and they were there. My parents were there for 22 years on the farm. Wow! Now you said that wasn't such a, a bad existence. It's kind of hard to believe. Did you have any? Did you have school? Did you have modern conveniences? I, I just have no clue as to what such a place would be like. For me, it was not that bad because um, for kids, uh, we just wanted to play. You know, there was not much school, and my parents were always busy, and they were writing probably a lot of reports to the party, and they were working uh, in the fields, so they didn't have time for us kids. So we were just wandering around, very little school, so I had a fantastic time, but we were very poor, though, <laughs> very poor. <laughs> so we probably could eat meat, um, you know, once a week or once every other week, but we didn't care, and we were just wandering around like monkeys. <laughs> One thing that interests me, you then moved to uh, the city, which you found not so mellifluous a place to live. In the city at that time, it was really you know, dilapidated, and it was very poor, and uh, people in general were not in a good mood, and everyone was very afraid, because it was right after... You know, it was in mid-80s, 10 years after the Cultural Revolution ended, but still people had a general feel. And the city, the time economy, was not really moving forward. Uh, I didn't really like living in the city at the time. Uh, that was the first time I had a nostalgia. And then you ended up getting a scholarship to Stanford. That, that cannot have been easy. How, tell us how that came about. That was, uh, uh, I didn't really think I would get a scholarship because my major at the time was Chinese literature. Everyone told me, no, you have no chance to get a scholarship. Only people starting science, um, you know, could get a scholarship. So I thought I would just try. Um, at the time, I was already working in Shenzhen, the first special uh, economic zone in China. And then I just sent out an application, and um, Stanford took me and gave me money. So <laughs> I was very lucky, I guess. Um, but that really changed uh, my life in a way. And, and you came to America, and now you're, are you still working for Yahoo? I just quit Yahoo three months ago uh, because I really wanted to write full-time. Uh, and also because I write in both languages, both Chinese and English. For me, I felt I need to spend a lot of time reading in both languages as well, so I could really keep up with both. Ruth, you have a fantastic background as well. Could you tell us a little bit about how you came through the tortured path to where we are up here in the attic of the Capitola Book Cafe? Sure. 
I was born in San Francisco to a mother of Chinese descent from Hong Kong, and my father was of Scottish descent from Idaho. And when I was a year old, my mother took my sister and I back to Hong Kong to live with her family. So I actually grew up in Hong Kong uh, with her family, in, and I didn't come to America until I started college. And so when I came, it was like um, being an immigrant. I had no idea what life in America would be like. And, and now both of you grew up speaking Chinese, and I'd like to ask each of you about the difference between writing in Chinese and writing in English. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. And, and I think, have you both written in Chinese? Ruth? I have to say that I grew up uh, first with Chinese as my first and only language, but then I ultimately ended up going to English school, too. And uh, then I remained fluent in Chinese, but I am now illiterate in Chinese. So I really have a knowledge, a very intimate knowledge of what it means to be an illiterate person. And most of my novels are about people who are illiterate. And, um, and so then I write in English. But when, but when I'm writing in English, I still hear the rhythms um, of the oral storytelling and of um, Chinese in my head are Chinese rhythms. Wow, that's fascinating. Fan Wu, tell us a little bit about your experience writing and reading both in Chinese and in English. I didn't start to write in English until uh, 2002. Basically, at the time, it was really just an experiment. And also for me, it was a challenge because I really wanted to learn the new language, English, at the time. Uh, it was a big struggle. And I was very, um, I think I was really pushing myself to learn the language. Uh, but my heart was always with Chinese, in a way. So. Um, Basically, I would say, you know, Chinese is probably my um, country boy, you know, my hometown boy, you know, who is always with me, you know, who always trusts me, who always loves me. While English is kind of my lover, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, but I kind of wanted to have both because with my background right now, I've been living in the United States for 10 years. Both languages are very, very important to me. Uh, Chinese gives me a lot of intimacy. Uh, English gives me a lot of experiment. So for now, uh, I don't know because I uh, only you know, wrote one novel for now, and I just finished a draft of my second novel. So I don't know uh, what my direction will be like in the future. For February Flowers, I wrote in English, and I translated into Chinese. For my second novel, I wrote in English first, I wrote in Chinese first, and then I translated into English. So for me, I'm really trying to really ex you know, experiment with both languages, but they're so different, so a lot of times I feel uh, I really uh, trying to really push myself too hard with both languages, but we'll see what's like. Do you have a publisher in China? I do. It's a Random House Asia. Wow, you guys have, you ladies have written some very different types of novels. Ruth, you tend to specialize in historical matters, and you've found a really fascinating historical corner that I don't think many of us were aware of. Could you tell us the background and the backdrop of your new novel, and also how you did some of the research to find out that this even happened? Well, um, 
my novels do all take place in the 19th century, but I feel very much like I actually grew up in the 19th century because when I grew up in Hong Kong, it was nothing like uh, the big modern city that it is today. It was um, still very much uh, in the 19th century. And so actually, people then still talked about my jizai, the sale of, uh, or the pig trade, which in the West is known as um, the coolie trade. And this was a trade in Chinese contract laborers that occurred after the Atlantic slave trade was outlawed. And so in theory, there was to be no slavery anymore. Uh, but naturally, the um, New World still wanted labor. And so they turned to Asia for labor. And the very same ships and definitely the same commercial interests that operated the Atlantic slave trade then started kidnapping Chinese men and taking them to Latin America and the Caribbean and to Cuba to work in um, the fields mostly. And in The God of Luck, um, the man who is kidnapped is taken to the Guano Islands uh, off of Peru to dig guano. And actually, if we were having this interview a month ago, no one would know where I'm talking about. But the Guano Islands are actually right near Pisco, where that terrible earthquake uh, took place just a few weeks ago. And uh, so these islands um, had um, just hundreds and hundreds of feet of guano, and which was used for fertilizer in the 19th century. And guano is essentially bird droppings. And because it doesn't rain there, the guano just stays on the rocks and piles up and piles up. And so Chinese were brought in to dig the guano. And it was a huge industry at the time, a huge source of income for the Peruvian government. Um, there, uh, and in a year, it would be like 400,000 uh, tons of guano would be shipped all over the world to be used as fertilizer, and it would bring in $24 million to the government. Could you tell us a little bit about how you try to capture the emotional truth of your characters, the, the lives they lived? Y you mentioned that the, the illiteracy, which I think is a really fascinating angle. Well, um, in this particular case, uh, the man who is kidnapped uh, he and his wife have a very strong, loving relationship. And so um, when, they, when he is kidnapped and they are separated, he strives to return to her. And she is striving to find a way to bring him back to um, China and to bring him home. And really, I have to say that the seed for this um, was from my own parents because uh, my parents were separated uh, through forces beyond their control um, because uh, when my mother took us back to Hong Kong to live with her family, uh, she thought my father, who was a merchant mariner, 
would be able to come and see us in Hong Kong the same way that uh, he came home to San Francisco. But this was during the McCarthy era, communism, and so on. And my father was accused of being a communist, and especially since he had a Chinese wife who didn't want to live in America, wanted to go back to Hong Kong. And so um, they were separated essentially for um, 15 years uh, without being able to get back together. So I really used their uh, the emotions that I witnessed in their separation for my characters. That's fascinating. Fan Wu, could you tell us a little bit about your novel? It's set in contemporary China and involves a relationship between two women of a fairly significant age difference. And I know how I have an idea how that might play here in America, but it might play very differently in China. Tell us a little bit about it. Fabulous Flower, I think, to me, it's a book really about passion, uh, intimacy, and innocence. For me, this book really says a lot about what China is right is like nowadays, basically it's torn between history and opportunities. So for these two characters, yeah, they have uh, age difference. And to me, uh, on the surface, they look very, very different. They have completely different personalities and com completely dif different uh, you know, uh, characters. But deep down, I feel they are the same. They represent what China is, right, is like right now. Um, they are rebellions, and they wanted to claim their own identity. But on the other hand, they really carry all the traditional values. You know, they really kind of uh, live you know, both with the past and the future, and not just their own past, also their parents' past. So to me, Chinese history, especially in the past, you know, since probably the big liberation in 1949, I felt so many political campaigns, one after another. People suffer a lot, but a lot of his the impact of the history, you know, a lot of times it's not just things, you know, tragedies on textbooks. It's also about how a family stays together and how a family, you know, suffers through all the different campaigns and what they are like nowadays. So for me, that's something I'm really interested in describing, uh, portraying, basically it's an a impact of history on Chinese family and also on different generations. So on the surface, yeah, you know, it's probably like the story is about a very close bond between two young women. But deep down, uh, it's about generation gap. It's about the conflict between the you know, rich coastal cities and the inland provinces. And also about you know, obligations and the personal freedom. I really felt you know, not just China, Chinese people in general, we all have two sides in us because that's what you know, the history, that's the kind of brand the history has on us. I wonder if you'd comment. I, I think it's really interesting. We're seeing a lot more um, novels by Chinese authors in America, and we're seeing a lot more of that history rising. Do you think, what do you think that is the result of, and what do you think will result from it? Uh, Ruth? There are a lot more Chinese-American writers now, and also Chinese writers being translated into uh, English than there have been in the past. But I think um, there still isn't as much diversity as I would like to see in the content. I think American publishers 
uh, their focus is still on a certain type of story that they are looking for, and if it feeds into what their notions of um, China, Chinese, Chinese Americans, then um, then it's published, and uh, it's so there there isn't as much diversity within the titles being published as I would like to see. Fan Wu? I totally agree. I definitely don't really see the diversity right now. And even for my book, February Flowers, when I first started talking with agents, American agents, I was told, you know, the book was too subtle. And I, they, certain agents, they wanted me to spell out more. And I told them, basically, if I wrote according to what they wanted, they basically, that was a book about American, <laughs> you know. So I really felt, you know, certainly you see the stereotype around, and certainly you see, basically, there's model there, and they, the publishers, they only want certain kind of books. They only want certain topics to be uh, written about. With more and more uh, Asian American writers writing, uh, and also with more Asian writers, you know, their books translated into English. So I hope that would really give people um, very authentic, you know, cultural aspect. So it's not about a stereotype. It's not about having specific, you know, image. It's really about human, you know, human natures, human emotions. I think what the literature is really about, basically understanding different ethnic groups as human beings, not just particular stereotypes. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Ruth Ann Lum McCunn. Her new novel is God of Luck. And Fawn Wu, her new novel is February Flowers. Thank you for joining me, Ruth. My pleasure. Fawn Wu. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.